This is Pro Wrestling Illustrated, a love letter to independent wrestling from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I am one of your hosts, PWI Editor-in-Chief Kevin McElveney. With me, as always, is the Good Witch, the Conduit of Karma, the Divine Darling. Do you have a fourth nickname you want to... I, I got it. Two, two of us in a row. The Triple Goddess? The Triple Goddess. I'm never going to remember that what if I'm just what if I'm just ribbing you and I come up with a different one every single time? <laughs> you might be. There's just endless um nicknames here. Kaya McKenna, everybody. Kaya, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm finally out of the sling. I'm free. I can go back yeah. to the gym. I can like function kind of. It's it's there's nothing more humbling than not only being in this large, massive abduction sling, but then like not being able to drive, not being able to do anything for yourself for like six weeks like this morning I could hook my bra and it was like a huge moment because I've had to like step in and like wiggle and pull and like contort and try to get just like the smallest things have been so complicated so just getting a little bit of autonomy back has been very good for my mental state in the past week (laughs) that's good it's funny these things that like we take for granted in our day-to-day lives a hundred percent can't like just go try to feed yourself. Just try to eat with your, if you're right-handed, just try to eat a meal with your left hand and like, tell me how that goes for you. Like maybe it'll go well for you, but for most people that probably won't go so well. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> like food on the front of yourself, like a, like a baby. Just. <laughs> I mean, I kind of do that sometimes anyway, with using my dominant hand, <laughs> like trying to use my left hand. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I definitely, there was, there was a good three week stretch where I was like, I only want stabby foods that I can like stab and eat. I don't want cutting foods. I don't want twirling foods. I want right. stabby foods. So you weren't <laughs> having like a lot of sushi. No. Oh no. <laughs> oh my God. No way. I, I, maybe like with my fingers, but no way with chopsticks. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, fair enough. I'm glad. I'm glad you're getting better and you're actually planning your I mean you're not you're not wrestling but you're going to be out in Dallas for a Wrestlemania weekend and the collective and all this other stuff so that's gonna Always. be fun yeah I'm on light duty I still can't lift anything I can't even lift my dog she's been so bad and I can't even lift her to correct her so I'm probably not gonna be doing any uh backbreaking manual labor at Mania hey, you're week not putting the year. ring up by yourself or something <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't think I could lift any of it. If there were people, I could certainly tell people how to do it in a pinch at this point, but I I would be quite useless when it came to uh, woman power. Right. Um, But I'll probably be at the door for a couple events, mainly like spring break and blood sports. So if you see me there, please say hello. I miss everybody dearly. That'll be fun. I'm glad you're able to to go out and do that. Uh, Because I I, like it was every weekend practically before that you were out. Whether or not you were wrestling, you were on the road and, you know, doing all this stuff. And I know that's been an adjustment. So I'm, I'm glad you're getting some of, like you said, your autonomy back in the spirit of this WrestleMania weekend and the collective and the various other events. That's the theme of today's show uh, with WrestleMania coming up this coming weekend when this is released. And we have two interviews to share. Do you want to talk about the first guest that we're going to speak to today? Yes, I was super excited when um, I found out we were going to actually be able to have this guest and interview them because um, Lufisto is a 25-year veteran. And as a woman's wrestler, she's very inspirational to me, as well as many of my um, peers in wrestling. I remember watching her on Shimmer. You know, I remember watching WSU and, and just seeing her just kick so much ass. And she's an absolute trailblazer. 
and she has a packed WrestleMania week schedule and has showing no signs of slowing down anytime soon. All right, Lufisto. The last time I saw you was actually at the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame where you were inducted and you gave the most beautiful speech I have ever heard at any wrestling Hall of Fame induction event. And it was just such an incredible moment to be there and witness. Um, how incredible was that for you to be included in that class of performers? It, it was um, like overwhelming in a good way because I really didn't talk think I would end up there because when they announced it I thought it was so cool that finally independent wrestlers would be celebrated for their work there is so much that has been done on the independent circuit and people don't know about it they think um, they watch tv and they always go this is the first time ever no it's not true it happened on the independent and now with um, the hall of fame we can talk about those stories we can mention them we can celebrate the heroes who were there before you know everything else that happened on tv so yeah i was really proud and honored that i was the first ever female inducted in that hall of fame and you were part of that inaugural class as well like this is a brand new thing um, that happened over that the weekend uh at gcw at the hammerstein ballroom as as kaya mentioned um really big deal but i mean you being a pioneer is not really anything new. If we go way back, the reason wrestling, independent wrestling the way it is, is the way it is in Canada is largely in part to your effort. I mean, you you fought City Hall, as we would say here in the United <laughs> States, and you won. Um, and it wasn't City Hall. You fought the like, law, but you won. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but you made it so that women wrestlers have a place in Canada, can compete against men, can compete against women. I mean, that's a lot to get into. I think we have a whole episode on that, but I, I just want to point out that how important that is. But you just blazed another trail over in Europe, and you were the first ever entrant into the historic 16-karat gold tournament for Westside Extreme Wrestling in Germany. This is one of the biggest, most celebrated tournaments in wrestling for was this the 16th or uh, they, they've been doing it for a couple decades mm -hmm. and no woman has ever competed in it. You've been over there. You've wrestled for WXW in the past uh, plenty of times, but how did it feel going and entering this historically male tournament and, uh, and really doing pretty well in it from, from what we hear? Yeah, I've been, I, I mean, I went, uh, I was in the final four and for me, it was, what I'm really struggling right now is people think that women past 30 can't do anything with the men. It's always like, oh, they have experience. They can bring so much. They can elevate the new talent. But for women, we're just old. So for me, at 42 to go in there and that tournament, being the first woman chosen to be exactly in that prestigious tournament, it was like a big, um, I can't say it, but, you know, F you, like, Age doesn't matter if you have the passion and you still have the drive and you still can go in there and perform at top level. And they could have chosen any younger talent, but they chose me. And I went in there, like I said, I ended up in the final four and I was in there with, um, you know, in that tournament, there was big names like Jonathan Gresham, who's one of my favorite wrestlers, who's I think one of the best right now, if not the best wrestlers in, you know, the industry right now. And yeah, it was just 
Um, like another proof that you should not look at women's wrestling, um, like the age factor. No, can this woman go out there and deliver? And, you know, when, when she comes out, do people stand up? Are they like standing ovations? Do they cheer the whole match? That's what matters. And I really hope things are going to change in wrestling when it comes to women and age, because it's still out there. I, I always feel like um, people think not only for myself, but for women past um, even I would say 35, not 30s, but oh, um, they can't do much. They, they can put like the young talent over. We can't put our time on them, which is so wrong. You can have you can do so much with somebody who has experience, who has the knowledge, who can carry anybody of any level of experience. Um, so for me, uh, it was, that's, that's how I saw it. Like, see, I'm 42 and I'm still, you know, being the first at doing stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's so refreshing to hear that. Um, I'm 32 and very early into my wrestling career, but I have heard time and time again, like, oh, you're on borrowed time. Why are you here? Why are you doing this? Like, oh, you're old, you're on borrowed time. If I hear borrowed time one more time, my head's going to explode. So to see you entering this tournament and just absolutely kicking ass was so inspirational and motivational for someone like me or for a girl like me who's in that position and hears that all the time. And yesterday I was at C4 Wrestling and there's a woman who come who came to see me and she's like, I'm not a wrestling fan. I don't like wrestling, but I like seeing you. You're a legit badass and I'm coming back because you're on the next show and that happens quite often where non like long wrestling fan they will attend shows they're they're coming with their boyfriend their husband like just to, you know oh I'm, I'm gonna go with you and chill for the night and they're like oh yes like I I, I don't like wrestling usually but I like you so <laughs> that that is so like it's refreshing it's it's it makes me feel so great that, you know, you, again, why age? It doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't matter. We are able to go out there and create a moment for people who are not even watching wrestling and they want to come back. That's like we are creating new fans. And I mean, right now, the indies are on fire. So that's that's the time where there's so many more other options than uh, WWE or AEW or whatever. There's other options more underground, but are getting bigger. And now with platforms like uh, IWTV, we have access to like unlimited shows. So, I mean, yeah, it's a great time for to be an independent wrestler. And the ability to create new fans that you touched on, that's so magical because people who like wrestling are going to watch wrestling regardless. Mm -hmm. They're going to tune in. They have what they like to watch and they're there. But to be able to hook somebody in who would otherwise have had no interest, like that's creating real magic. Yeah, I think so too. And it's, we need new fans. Like you say, it's um, people who love wrestling will watch everything, but when you can grab like, one, two, three, and more, more people into it. Like the crowd, the crowds are getting bigger. So definitely there's magic happening for people who are not interested in wrestling who are suddenly like they are. So yeah, great. That, that's a great, great thing right now. I'm wondering how much of this is, you know, your reputation following you and people knowing that you're this pioneer in the sport in Canada, but also, I mean, there's gotta be some other people who, just happened to be taken to a show by a friend or something sometime and then saw you and like, Oh, 
this person is legit. I want to go see Lufisto again because this is, I believe what's going on here. I'm invested in what's going on here. I don't even care about wrestling, but I care about this wrestler. That's, that's, that's funny that you mentioned this because one lady, and we say Canada, but I wrestle in the States more than I course, do in yeah. Canada. We'll so, get, we'll get um, like most of my career, the bigger things I did were in the United States. Um, but there's a lady, <laughs> I can't remember if it was at Beyond Wrestling or somewhere else. She came to see me. She's like, I don't like wrestling, but I like you. <laughs> so that was so great. Awesome. And she's like, are you on the next show? Oh, yes, I'll be here. <laughs> so that was so great. Yeah. And then you can always tell the promoters that. And, uh, yeah, I'm like, see, I've been people. I put asses in seats. <laughs> That's huge. That's that's the, and yeah. I mean, you, are, you mentioned, of course, plenty of history in the states. I, I'm pretty sure maybe the first time I saw you was maybe at a Chikara show or what, like many many years ago, or or it was beyond. I, I've never wrestled at Chikara. I've wrestled at, at the Chikara venue for Beyond Wrestling, though. I was wrestling John Silver, yeah. but uh, yeah, most most of my career, I would say Shimmer, Beyond Wrestling, uh, Shine Wrestling. I did an uh, alternative um, wrestling show in California, um, Glory Pro. Like I, I did one show at House of Glory. Like there's there's so many different promotions that I'm forgetting right now. But yeah, I just go everywhere I can. Like if you if you want to book me, I'm I'm there. <laughs> and there was this limitation on doing that, obviously, with the pandemic for a while. And I mean, wrestling mm-hmm. Canada was responsibly um, a lot slower to come back than in the US, which I know has been really hard on a lot of the workers there. Uh, and then of course, people like yourself who are famous on both sides of the border uh, were unable to be in the US for a long time. And this is not your first trip back, but we have to talk about this upcoming WrestleMania weekend and all these independent appearances. And I mean, there's a few of them. Uh, if you want to, if you want to go ahead and list them, you can, or if you can go through them one by one, if that's a, if that's a lot. Yeah, sure. So on Saturday morning on this second, I'll be at WrestleCon for uh, Damage 365 production. So I'll be signing autographs in the morning. Then I head to Mission Pro Wrestling, which uh, is taking place at the collective venue. And uh, for my first match ever with Mission Pro, I'll be taking on champion Oladen. Then after at midnight, <laughs> I'm, I'll be wrestling Iron. <laughs> yeah, midnight. I'm like, oh, I'm too old. But no, I'll be there. And I'll be kicking ass. I'll be wrestling Iron uh, at midnight for New Texas Pro, which is uh, also my debut there. And then here it is. The next day at nine o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> I'll be wrestling. I'll be wrestling Alejandro Delight at DFW All Pro Women's Wrestling. It sounds like you got the schedule down, Pat, at least. Yeah, you know I know. You're be I do until I, I get my stuff. Like my sleep schedule is going to be all like wrong. <laughs> Just total chaos. You mentioned you're wrestling Holiday for her Mission Pro Championship. And I know you guys have exchanged um, blows in the ring previously for a Shine Championship. Mm-hmm. And you've also had some tag matches against her and Thunder Rosa as the Twisted Sisters. So there's some history going into this match for your debut at Mission Pro here. Yeah, there is. And um, I faced Holiday three times for the Shine Championship. Once in Pennsylvania, once in uh, Florida. And the other one was the three-way with Ivelisse. And I was victorious on the three um, the three occasions. 
Um, but that that's like years ago. And back then, like um, Holly Dead was like, if I remember correctly, she was undefeated at, at Shine. So and I had like the occasion to watch her and study her. The thing with Mission Pro is I've never been there. I, I feel it's a new holiday, more focused, uh, more dangerous also. And I think she's, she's grown a lot as a, as a wrestler and a crazy <laughs> human being in the process. So I'm really going in there um, without knowing what to expect. I mean, Usually when somebody goes into a promotion for the first time and they face the champion, there's not a big chance of winning because you're going into uncharted territories. Like, I, I don't know anything about the promotions. I don't know the fans. I don't know. Um, I don't know all of that's work in there. Like when you're the champion, things are different. Uh, you want to keep it and you don't necessarily need to get a pinfall to keep your championship. So, uh, yeah, and the rate of success for a new one to come against a champion, usually not good. But um, I, I've wrestled her before, and I'm going to do my own work and study her as much as I can on all the uh, Mission Pro shows I can find. And, yeah, I'm going in there for the kill, as usual. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm I know the odds are against me, but I'm ready. Good to have a little heat with this, yeah. like it's to, to be yeah. realistic, to go in, not, I'm going to dominate whoever I'm going to face. Like, no, I know I'm, I'm, I'm battling uphill here, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Well, we know she has a very unpredictable offense, but you have so much experience that I'm sure that whatever happens in that ring, you will adapt and you will overcome and you will rise to the occasion. <laughs> I have experience, but I also have a lot of stamina and I can take pain like no one else. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably my strength. I'm like, yeah, I have so much, like, I don't even know what the word would be, but yeah, I can go and take so much pain before I'm saying like, that's it. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> well, we'll see. That'll be interesting. <laughs> Additionally, you're also facing Alejandra the lion. Mm -hmm. Have you squared up with her before? Or is this a first time matchup? It, it, yeah, it's the first time for uh, for my new Texas Pro and Haleandra, like for uh, DFW. These are like two opponents I've never faced before. I love facing new people. It's so challenging. So, yeah, I'm like looking forward to those two matches at New Texas and, and DFW. And is this your first WrestleCon or is this um, have you been are you a WrestleCon veteran? I, I, I was at WrestleCon before I did. I can't remember what year, but I was there with Queens of Combat when that happened. Okay. And I also did the WrestleCade. So I, 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 I've been part of conventions before. <laughs> not, not your first rodeo no, conventions then, especially not that large. I was like looking at the schedule for that and I'm like, this is nuts. Like, this is like a whole thing in its own right. Like there's so much going on at that convention on, in addition to WrestleMania, in addition to the collective, in addition to the local shows, it's, it's almost like it's impossible to be everywhere you would want to be. Maybe like when you go to Warp Tour or Ozfest and you want to see all these bands <laughs> at every stage. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a concert. Yeah, I love concerts. I love heavy metal. The last festival I did was the Heavy Montreal uh, festival and yeah you're like 
you have to pick and choose where am I going to go? I was like, there's three options. Am I going to see this band or this band? It's like, it's the same thing for wrestling, wrestling fans are like, there's this shows and this shows. And if I wanted to make it to the other one, maybe we should go to like, it's so much planning. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good problem to have if you're a fan Um, (laughs) and a challenge for wrestlers too, I'd imagine, because you want people to come out and and see your match. So, Um, you know, I'm sure you get asked this question all the time, but I think we have to do it just because you're so respected within this industry and particularly on the independent level that it's a nice rub if you give the seal of approval to anyone. So is there anybody out there right now who you think maybe doesn't, this could be man, woman, non-binary, does not matter, any, any wrestler who you think does not get quite the shine that they deserve that you would like to single out as being really good? Oh my God, that's a tough question. Part of why I asked it in that long way was like, maybe the, <laughs> she's going to need a second to think about this because there's yeah, so many people. I, yeah. I, I don't, like, I don't have an answer right now. The only thing that comes to mind is that with Ring of Honor being bought, uh-huh. all the talent that was there that doesn't have a job or that don't know what's going on, like, I really want them to be appreciated and find something else. I'm thinking the Tracy Williams, the Red Titus, um, like, there was so much talent in that that crew. And, yeah, I want to see them on another big promotion. I want to see them on TV. All the women that were there, uh, the Miranda Alizés, the, you know, all of that was there. Um, Willow, um, like, it was such a fabulous women's division and actually i'm one of those who got caught because i started doing the online thing with them i did the podcast and we were heading to something and then they went to hiatus not knowing what was going on and then they got bought so there's a lot of ring of honor talent that don't know what's happening what's next so yeah i would say the whole ring of honor crew that's clueless right now um, yeah, I hope they find something because they're so talented and passionate. Um, and I'm even thinking about people like Delirious and Bobby Cruz. Yep. You know, people who have been there for years. Like these people deserve a job and deserve money. <laughs> and speaking of that, I'm thinking about Lenny Thomas, who um, inducted me into the Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's such a great commentator, puts everyone over does his own work like he should be making a lot of money so is Dave Brazak these are all names that comes to mind when you say um like we know of them but these people should make a lot of money and like um like Dave Brazak he invested so much in women wrestling um all these women's promotion it starts with shimmer so I I wish he could have you know um yeah he has that all of fame plaque but I want Dave to make the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. That was comfortable. Retirement. I think we all do. Yeah. He's given so much to, to especially as a, as a female performer, he's given so much to women's wrestling. Uh, Shimmer was definitely mm. my first exposure to women's independent wrestling as a teenager. And I thought it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I just, it sometimes makes me sad that I don't think people give him his flowers for his contributions. Mm-hmm. He is such a revolutionary in that sense. Yeah, indeed. Because I was like, I was one of the only female on um, the circuit back then. Like there were not many and we were all like spreaded. Like I was 
the East Coast and there were some on the West and like Connecticut, you had like Mercedes Martinez and they had some in Florida, like Lexi Fife. We were all like everywhere. And he was able to bring everybody together in that one spot and create a home and a safe place for women's wrestling. Like, I don't know, like I was always the only girl <laughs> in the backstage. Uh, like if I'm thinking about CCW and um, yeah, he brought us to the same place at the same time to create that magic and show that women's wrestling was so much more than just an attraction that we could be the stars of the show, the main events. And yeah, I mean, we, we owe a lot to Dave Frazak. And there's a lot uh, to be said too, for how Shimmer and Ring of Honor both brought together people on the independent level. And of course, Ring of Honor by the end owned by Sinclair, not technically an independent, but it still had that spirit mm-hmm. um, and still had a lot of the independent names who, who you mentioned. I mean, Rhett Titus was sort of a, a Ring of Honor lifer. He was there pretty much the whole time, but he was also active on the indies throughout. Mm-hmm. And you have a Tracy Williams, who was the former Powerbomb champion before that was the IWTV mm-hmm. title. You have, uh, as you mentioned, this women's division that got built up so well in a relatively short period of time after fans had to wait so long for it. And, um, you know, a lot of people involved in making that happen behind the scenes on uh, the, uh, even on the digital side of things, like, as you said, you were involved in that. So it really was a shame to see that go away. I hope that if it's not, even if it's not under that ring of honor name, that this can kind of reconstitute itself somewhere else, if that makes sense. It's yeah, new. definitely. You when it comes to women's wrestling, you really want Bobby Cruz and Maria Canellis to be involved somewhere because they really care and they really love women's wrestling. So yeah, they um them two together, like they're such a great team. And I hope I'll, you know, I'll see them together doing stuff like very soon. You've given us so much wonderful insight and information on your WrestleMania weekend, which you've been up to since the pandemic has kind of eased back a little bit and you were able to jump right back into wrestling, which is awesome. I think any place that you're at is better when you're there. So thank you. It's, yeah. It's, and I yes. do have my visa so I can do TV or whatever. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> is is there anything TV shows. Yes, for real. Let's, and I, and I, actually I, it's, it's worth mentioning. Um, gosh, she's been, doing so much else since then. And uh, it was good to have her contributing while we did, but Jordan Grace was writing a column for PWI last year, punching up with Jordan Grace and her very first column. She wanted to devote that to you uh, for all that you have done. And basically saying like, please book this woman. (laughs) (laughs) Hire this woman, give her a contract. (laughs) It's funny. Like I have six hall of fame so far, but zero contracts. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's, it's funny and it's sad at the same time. <laughs> Every time I'm the world, something happens. <laughs> well, but yeah, the world just works to in such strange ways. Yeah. I say the world just works in such strange, mysterious uh, ways. And... List, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, is there anything you would, I mean, obviously you have all these events, if anyone is in the, in the Dallas area for WrestleMania that they can check out, but is there anything else that you would like to promote before we let you go? Um. What else do I have coming? Like, um, I'm always at C4 Wrestling in Ottawa, one of the best promotions in Canada. What a great place. Mm -hmm. Um, And besides that, I'm still working on my book. I'm working with Pat LaFrade, who wrote uh, the Andre the Giant biography. We're working together on that. 
I do, I'm like part of like three or four documentaries right now, including one um, that's going to be just about me. (laughs) I can't give more, (laughs) I can't give too much details, but I do have a Emmy award winning producer that's, that shows me as a subject. So I'm really um, honored that they chose my story for such a big project. So there's, I mean, a lot of people don't know Lofisto because she's an independent wrestler. Um, but I feel that with all these projects, they will know the story behind someone who's worked really hard and someone who worked for, um, you know, changing and making wrestling, women's wrestling better as a whole. Like I was always about making this a safer place, a better place, um, more than taking care of my own career, which, you know, has its downfall. Um, but I feel that today, I mean, r- women's wrestling is so much better than what it used to be. We don't go into a show. It's like, oh, you, the girl you were supposed to wrestle is not there. And no, you're done. It's like, oh, do you want to wrestle this guy? And then we book matches according to, is this a good match? Regardless of gender, it doesn't matter anymore. Back then, it's like it had to be a girl. Now, it doesn't matter, like you said, if you're a man, woman, or you identify a non-binary or whatever you want to be, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a beautiful mixture of different people, different cultures, different backgrounds and level of experience. It's, it's such a beautiful community. And yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I've said at the beginning of the year, I hope 2022 is my year. It's year 25 for me. So, and I wrestling, wrestling is, um, like I said in my speech, it's, it's not a passion. It's, it's my calling. I, I can't get out of it. I tried. <laughs> I tried to retire. And it, like George Costanza said in Seinfeld, I try to get out. They pull me back in. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not planning on retiring anytime soon. I just, I just don't think about it now. If it, it's one day, if one day I feel I can't do it to the level I, I can, you know, if I can't perform at 110%, then I'm just going to stop. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to stop in shame. I can't think of this anymore. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I'll just, I'll just keep going. And um, yeah, because uh, killing is my business and the business is always good for the fisto. <laughs> I just love saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just struck by the fact that we ask Lufisa to, to do her plugs and promote whatever she's going to promote. And she talked a little bit about her projects that she has coming up. And at the same time, I don't think she even gave us her social media handles because she was so busy using that last bit of time to put over independent wrestling as a whole, just as, as a genre, as a scene. And that speaks a lot to uh, why people love her so much it's not just the work in the ring it's that she truly is committed to making everything better than it was when she arrived it's definitely her calling you can tell that through and through just in how she speaks so passionately about wrestling absolutely uh we we talked to someone else who is passionate about wrestling has been active about half as long about 12 years out of the midwest scene somebody who has a little bit of a gripe with uh with PWI as an institution due to a lack of, of coverage and accolades and him being ranked, 
but he's someone else who's going to be at WrestleMania weekend and who we thought was very worthy of being included on this episode. And that is Zello Pro Champion GPA. All right, GPA, I think we have to uh, start by acknowledging the elephant in the room. Thank you for being here. Um, but you've been outspoken in the past about Pro Wrestling Illustrated's coverage of you or of lack thereof. So we have you here. You're on Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And I wanted to give you a chance to address this. Uh, speak your mind. What what should we be doing that we aren't? We get a lot of, you know, close-ups of wrestlers' faces looking angry at us when we tweet something. <laughs> That's your thing. It's a tough crowd. It's a tough crowd, let me tell you. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, when it comes to the question of uh, what you guys should be doing, uh, I think anything is a good place to start. Um, <laughs> You know, oh man! So I mean, for instance, like right now, uh, I'm actually in my my childhood home, and in my basement, I have PWI magazines dating back to like 1997. And I'm betting, no, I, I know for a fact that there are people who have been featured, uh, covered, ranked in PWI who weren't even born in 1997. They have no understanding of the 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 the, the sheer like. Uh, prestige that comes with PWI. It's it's a 40-year publication. It's a publication of record in professional wrestling. I I remember taking road trips, uh, looking at my PWI almanac, just looking at mundane stats about people's heights and weights and birthdays and hometowns. And you know, PWI means a lot to me. And it's become apparent over my 12-year career now that apparently I don't mean much to PWI. So, you know, that's kind of the the genesis of my uh, gripe is that, you know, I feel like I've been decent at this for a little while now, but you wouldn't know it to read PWI. So I, the magazine has been accused of having kind of this Northeastern bias. And like, if indie wrestling is covered, it's kind of that area. And we've, we've certainly tried to get better about that. I can say, and, and you've alluded to this before as to why you weren't on last year's 500, but I'll set the record straight your accomplishments were enough. We have like a minimum activity requirement. I, if you're, if a bare minimum to get started with this is you popping up on a 500 list, I don't think we're going to have to have this conversation again after this <laughs> one comes out this year. Um, I I'll mean, just say I would, that. I would hope not. So that's, so that's, you know, I can tell you, I, I can't give a, a promise in a number or anything like that. Our meetings are not, our, our evaluation period has still has, uh, uh, three months left. So, you have time to bring your ranking up or down. You know, if you if you go on like a huge losing streak, that could that could impact you as well. But I look at this now and and what you've been doing in Chicago at Freelance Freelance Underground, and of course you've had this Zello Pro Championship for almost a year now. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think you're I think you're you're doing a you're in pretty good position. So congrats congrats on a great year, and uh, you can you can decide if you're still upset with us after. This year's 500 comes out. Yeah, uh, you know, I, it's, I'll, I'll wait and see how I feel about it. I mean, even short of an actual ranking, I mean, to make up for lost time, there could be lifetime achievement awards. There could be, lifetime, you know, wow. maybe awards named in my honor. You know, there's there's different options that we can that we can look at in terms of making up for uh, what I've been put through by PWI. But you know, I guess maybe that's for a later conversation. 
Okay. I, I, before we name an award after you, that might be a bit. Kaya, please chime in because you, you're you're one of GPA's peers here, and I'm I need to back away. <laughs> I was just going to say that you know we always talk that we could be better, right? And if there is in fact a little bit of a northeastern bias with PWI, we are being better today by creating a space for you to come on and get us up to date on everything that's happening in the Midwest, which is actually a very thriving scene in its own right that deserves a little bit of recognition. Yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, to me, the Midwest is kind of the the epicenter of professional wrestling. I feel like everything that matters either begins here or ends up here. You know, you look at uh, AEW, they don't go more than a couple months without having big, important shows uh, here in the Chicago area. Uh, WWE has been coming here uh, since their inception. Uh, as I know New Japan is coming here uh, later this year. So it's really a hub and always kind of has been. Um, and I feel that I've contributed to the success of the scene over the past decade in my own way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good place to be if you're if you're just starting out, if you're trying to establish yourself, trying to prove yourself, it's a very, very uh, important part of the country. And, and over a decade of wrestling, you actually have something very exciting coming up. You will be partaking in your first WrestleMania Week event. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. And uh, I mean, if I wanted to take it in that direction, I could be, you know, focusing some frustration towards the organizers of WrestleMania Week. Uh, the same way that I have with PWI, because I mean, quite frankly, I could be main eventing every single top show on any of these uh, shows any year. But besides that, uh, yeah, so I actually had one set uh, scheduled for, I believe, the past three years just run together for me. I believe it was WrestleMania, which everyone was in Tampa. I want to say it was 2020. Um, I was set for my first uh, booking there. And then, of course, the world ended. So didn't quite happen, but you know now things have have kind of straightened themselves out a bit, and uh, yeah. So for the first time, I will be performing on a Mania weekend show, and appropriately enough, I will be main eventing the show. So looking forward to it. And and we're looking at in that scenario, we'll we'll just say at the king and queen of of Zello Pro and you and Lainey Luck, and you're teaming up against the husband and wife duo of Victor Benjamin and Lady Frost, pretty proper. We're really very established on the indies, but you and Lainey are getting up there as well in terms of uh, famous indie wrestling couple, power couples. Um, what do you make of your opponents? You know, they're presumably going to be listening to this at some point. What do you have to say to them? Um, it, it's funny. So it's it's not really a match that's based on, you know, oh, we hate them, they hate us blood feud we're gonna come out swinging it's not really that it's uh, honestly i've had a lot of admiration for pretty proper uh, we met them officially uh it was up in the northeast i want to say maybe four years ago and lady frost wasn't even wrestling at that point i think maybe she had just started uh victor benjamin was on the show that we were on but you could just tell that they were somebody even without having ever seen them before you know, they walked into the locker room, everybody's in, you know, sweatpants and dirty t-shirts and Lady Frost had this beautiful like gown on and, and Victor Benjamin was, you know, in, in dressy casual stuff. Like they just come from like a, like a banquet of some kind. And you could just tell that they, they had the right attitude about uh, presentation when it comes to professional wrestling. And 
and uh, Victor Benjamin and I were actually in the same match on that show. And I don't, I believe he was just beginning his career at that point, but you could tell that there was something there, uh, just kind of an innate physicality. Uh, I know he does some combat training, so there's definitely uh, an understanding that that wouldn't be the last time our paths crossed. And we were set uh, for another, we were actually set for an official match. Um, I think just about a year after meeting them, but then circumstances came about and that show was canceled. So again, it was like sort of a delay in the inevitable, but, but yeah, so now we'll, we'll finally get to stand across the ring from them and uh, we'll get to see if the, the actions can back up the presentation. And then of course, you know, you've put over pretty proper, but I think it's fair to give, even though we want to focus on you in this interview to uh, give some credit to Laney as well, who I think has a really busy weekend uh, coming up over WrestleMania. For anyone who's listening to this who may not know about your paramour, please put her over too. Tell tell everybody why they need to be watching her matches. Oh yeah, I mean, to me, Laney is is the top unsigned female talent in professional wrestling. I mean, she's whether you just see a picture of her, you're already captivated. She's got the colors. She's in shape. <clears throat> you know, she's got a lot of the just natural intangibles, but her her in ring work has improved so much uh since i met her and and you know not to toot my own horn but she had a lot of of raw material to work with um but she wasn't quite refined and i've sort of taken that upon myself over the course of our relationship to to really help her clean up a lot of the things that were kind of holding her back from an in-ring perspective and she's really starting to put it all together now she's you know, she's got the the flashy stuff, but she's also got kind of the gritty in between stuff. And you know, she's really learning the the art of being an efficient, effective pro wrestler. It's not just the dancing; it's not just the foolishness. Like, there's that if you want that, but she can also she can fly, she can hit hard, she can grapple, she can really do anything that she needs to do. And uh, I think if you go back and watch anything from earlier in her career. Um, and compare it to now, it's like two different people. Um, it's night and day. So, so yeah, she's, uh, to me, she's cream of the crop right now. I don't understand why she's not gotten a look from major organizations. She had a cup of coffee with uh, Ring of Honor last year um, during some of their empty arena shows. But, but yeah, it's just a matter of time before she catches on somewhere and is, is showing the world what, what I see on a regular basis. It's one of those things to have all the moving parts that you need, right? Like have the charisma, have the appearance, have the the um the, the bones, right? The bare bones of wrestling and like everything you need to be successful. But I think it speaks volumes to your own ability to recognize that within another person and help them get to where they need to be. And sometimes that's what we all need is somebody who can help us get where we need to be. And But not everybody can do that. So the fact that you were able to recognize this within her and help her cultivate it into something that would make her more successful definitely speaks volumes to your abilities as a performer as well. Yeah, and it's it, a lot of it's just a product of time, you know, because I think I've been doing this about twice as long as Lainey has. And I kind of had uh, the opposite problem in a way when I started where I was very moves focused and I was a big ring of honor guy when I was getting into the business. So I just thought, you know, it was all about chain and grappling and, and doing, you know, the gritty stuff, but obviously there's kind of a showman aspect to wrestling as well. And, and I feel like Lainey was a little bit on the other end where she had the showmanship, but the wrestling wasn't quite there. You know, she could do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but she hadn't put it all together. And to me, wrestling is all about taking every 
different aspect of the the art of it and putting it all together to become as complete of a package as you can. And uh, and Lainey was not that big of a of a of a project because she had so many great raw materials to work with. I mean, I think that she in a, in a lot of ways similar to Pretty Proper, like she came in in shape. She came in with a look with a with a presentation and it was just a matter of cleaning that up and helping her reach her full potential. And through a lot of my experiences working with some of the people that I've gotten to work with here in the Chicago area, you know, I was able to help her realize uh, what she didn't realize she didn't have. And, uh, and now I think she's really putting it all together and uh, yeah, it's showing in her work. I mean, she's holding titles in, in different companies in different States. She's getting booked all over the place. She's gone today because she's got a booking. I know she was all over the place last weekend. She's got uh, Glory Pro and Mission Pro and a bunch of stuff coming up WrestleMania week. So, so yeah, she's she's definitely on her way. And you know, it's really interesting because there's a lot of parallels between these two tag teams, right? Like you both train together, they train together. You guys make each other better, they make each other better. It's it's a very smart booking, and I think sometimes it's cool because it's not like a throw together. It's like ah, wow you know what, these people are going to have a great match. But um, because you guys train together, what are some advantages that you think you have over Pretty Proper? Um, Well, it's funny because uh, just looking through social media earlier today, uh, Lady Frost posted that I think today is her like unofficial wrestling anniversary. And it's it was four years ago that she popped up. Uh, She had a little thing on Monday Night Raw. So, you know, I mean, four years is 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 cute, but I mean, it's it's really just sort of the preamble to your career. I mean, once you're four or five years in, you are just starting to understand, you know, what it takes to be a success in wrestling, just to to keep going in wrestling. So, you know, I think uh, with my career having spanned, you know, three times what Pretty Proper's has, you know, I think that gives me an advantage, not even so much in, in talent and ability, but just when you've been around, you just, you know, things that people who haven't been around as long, they don't know those things. Like, it's just, it's all a matter of experience. It's, it's, it's the intangible things, you know, cause they can train, uh, they can, and they're very, very physically capable people. Like I know they train MMA and, and all kinds of stuff, but it, once the bell rings, there's certain things that you can't account for that only come with experience. And I've been trying to impart those things. Uh, on Lainey and and she's really starting to pick up on a lot of those things and so it really just kind of boils down to experience I think Lainey's been at this about six years now uh like I said this is 12 years for me so you know as as physically talented as pretty proper are there are just certain things that you can't account for and I think that's what gives us the edge going into this and of course you mentioned uh you're helping Lainey out with some of these Although, I mean, at this point, she's pretty accomplished uh, and comfortable in there. But you've helped her along the way, and she's helped you step up your game in other ways. And that, that's a really cool thing. It's I think that's any good uh, partnership or relationship, whatever kind. That's that's really what you want. You want to complement each other and help each other grow and be better people. That's, that's honestly really a beautiful thing. Um, but you mentioned this training, and I do think that's key because you're always posting – I mean – your, your proposal video when <laughs> two of you got engaged was, I think it has something like three, 400,000 views last I checked. <laughs> um, but it is in your training space. And I mean, you are always, both of you, posting pictures and videos from training. When we were scheduling this, you know, a lot of times we'll have um, prior commitments that people have 
personal stuff or bookings where they, oh yeah, I can record, but not at this time and blah, blah, blah. And for you, it's, you have your training and the training is sacred and you have to go in and do that. And I, I do think that's key. And you, you've trained with some very uh, technically sound and notable individuals. One I would like to ask you about is someone who you've hashtagged in support of, hashtag free Ali, so Mustafa Ali, who of course is sort of in limbo with WWE right now. Uh, but you've worked with him a lot in the past. What kind of uh, influence has he had on you? And what has he taught you uh, in between the ropes? Even if you're very different kinds of wrestlers in some ways, you know, there's obviously uh, something that you've picked up from him and working and spending all those hours together in the ring. It's funny because even though I don't do a lot of the the flashy high risk stuff, I do think that we have uh, just very similar mindsets when it comes to being in the ring. It's almost more of a physical thing than anything I can actually quantify. Um, because like almost from the first time we trained together, there was just sort of this physical chemistry to where, you know, uh, he understood where I was coming from. I understood where he was coming from. And like the first time we actually trained together, I mean, he was well-established. I think he was already getting offers from WWE. The cruiserweight classic was right around the corner. So, um, I was basically a nobody, but I was, I was holding my own against him in the small sessions uh, that we had. And I think that there was just kind of an understanding between us. Um, it's funny, the first time we actually got in the ring together on a show, before we even touched, the crowd came up. We were in like a, a five or six way scramble and uh, he got tagged in, I got tagged in. We both stepped in the ring for the first time ever on any show and the crowd just came up to their feet, started clapping, starting anticipating what was going to happen because they realized, okay, you know, we like this guy. We like this guy. There's something here. And uh, it's kind of always been that sort of relationship uh, between us. And yet in, in terms of, of what he's taught me, I mean, he's just a guy whose whose brain never shuts off. He never settles for anything in wrestling. And I think that is a lot of what's playing into his his current situation with WWE is that he's kind of got that mad scientist brain where, you know, he'll come up with an idea and he'll execute it and it'll go well, but then he'll think to himself, okay, now how can I build on that? And whether it's, it's moves or match ideas or character ideas or promo ideas or anything, it's never enough for him in a good way. And uh, like I've, every time I've gone in there with him, like I end up getting challenged, even if I think, like, okay, we've been doing this for years. I know where he's coming from. I, I think I'm prepared today. He'll always come up with something else. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure he just sits there and, and stares at the ceiling at night and thinks, okay, what insane thing can I add to my repertoire and and have other people try to keep up with, whether it's in training or matches or whatever. So, so yeah, he's just got that relentless sort of never satisfied wrestling brain. And uh, unfortunately, the environment that he's in is not fostering and helping to help him tap into that. And obviously at first, you know, it's, it's all very new and exciting and lucrative and, you know, it's, it's the tippy top of the mountain, but I think the decision makers there just don't see the potential in him that so many others do. And they've sort of put him into this box and they're very comfortable keeping him there, but you're never going to keep a guy like that boxed in. He's always going to be needing more, wanting more. And, uh, I know he's been banging his head against the wall for a while now, just in some of our personal conversations. And so when it, when the news came out that he had requested his release, it really didn't surprise me. I figured it was going to be one or the other. Either they were going to get rid of him or he was going to, 
try to remove himself from the situation just because creatively and uh, intellectually, it just wasn't the stimulus that a guy like that needs. And, you know, things came to a head and, and now he is where he is. I hope it gets resolved because, uh, you know, he's, he's done a lot to his body and he's only got so long left. And I know he's got to be just champing at the bit, trying to get back out there and, and execute some of these ideas that he comes up with. So, you know, hopefully it gets resolved. I don't know anything insider or any of that. I haven't talked to him at length about it, but like I said, when it all came out, it didn't surprise me because it's just not an environment that's conducive to a guy like that, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes when you're someplace and things aren't necessarily going the way that you would like them to, you have to kind of shake it up and change your environment a little bit. So there's definitely something to be said for him just, you know, playing with the formula and trying to figure out how to get to where he needs to be and not resting. But you said something really interesting that like his, his mind, he's like a wrestling genius. It's like always working, always working, always working. Do you mean to tell me that you, sir, GPA, do not lay in bed at night staring at the ceiling, trying to come up with spots and moves and think of things you can do in matches? Oh, no, I, I absolutely do. And, and you know, I think that's kind of part of what has brought us together is, is you know, I, would, I could easily go out there and just play the hits and do the same five moves and sort of roll on to the next thing. But, you know, and especially working in an environment like Chicago, where, you know, Ali spent, I think, about a decade before he ended up getting signed. And I've been here a decade also. I mean, Chicago has seen everything like they've seen the tippy top guys, they've seen Rock and Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan and everybody all the way down the line through the hottest stars of today. And so you've really got to show them something different every single time or they're going to get bored of you, and push you to the side. So, so yeah, no, my, my brain works the same way. I'm just not quite as insane as he is. Yeah, there's a, um, there's a professional skateboarder named Andrew Reynolds, and he's super big into like innovating and perfecting, and he calls it the madness when he gets into that headspace. So maybe it's like the wrestling madness that you guys get, where it's just like this mode where you're just trying to finesse to the most positive extreme degree because you want it to be so good because you're so passionate. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, it's funny, I was going back and watching some old, uh, not old, but they were the Daniel Bryan promos leading up to the Kofi Kingston match at WrestleMania. And I don't think they were even on TV. They were just these weird little like YouTube things they were doing. And Brian referenced uh, deep thinking about wrestling. And he was very critical of a lot of the guys on the roster for not thinking deeply about wrestling. You know, it, you can definitely get into a routine like, okay, this is what I do. I'm not going to go outside of these lines. But I mean, wrestling is such a, a deep and intricate art form that, you know, there's really no end to what you can do and what you can think of and what you can create. So, you know, I think that the people who end up being the most successful and having the most longevity are the ones that are sort of captivated by the limitless possibilities within wrestling. Because, you know, it's fun if you just want to go out there and jump around and, and say you did it. But if you really want to tap into the full potential of what wrestling is, you know, that's that's definitely where the, the madness comes in. That's cool. Uh, so obviously you've thought a lot about wrestling and you've uh, done a lot. You've been at this for more than a decade now. You've had some nice recent accomplishments in the ring. Obviously there are uh, some folks perhaps at wrestling magazines who could take more stock of that and give you the recognition that uh, you feel that you deserve for this. And I mean, let's be honest that you do deserve. I mean, these are, these are big deal these are not fly-by-night, small, nothing promotions that are, are not established. These are two of the most prominent independent 
organizations in the country. Um, and I mean, several others that you've done well at, but here you are, you know, going to WrestleMania with Zell Pro for uh, WrestleMania weekend in Texas, I should say. What else, you know, are you looking to do this year? This is checking something off a bucket list. Uh, you know, you mentioned wanting more recognition, but you've already done a lot in the ring. What's left to do? Well, it, what what's fun about a question like that is that now I have Laney on board. So, you know, there's there's sort of a double uh, potential there in terms of, of what we can both do. So, I mean, obviously, I think everybody's goal in wrestling should be to go as high as possible, you know, to sign with the biggest company you can get the most exposure you can and so i mean that's always been the goal and it will continue to be the goal um so i think for myself you know i just want to continue to to show people who i am and what i can do and hope that it uh catches on with with somebody because i've really never even gotten any type of significant exposure on a major platform like i had you know a cup of coffee with with aew uh last summer uh, around the time when punk was coming in, um, I, you know, I've had my face pop up on, on raw and SmackDown, but there's really never been like a true showcase for me on any level higher than the independence that I'm currently working on. So, you know, I feel like it's something that the second I get my chance, I know I'm not going to blow it. And there's, I think kind of a value in a guy like me because I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I can do, but I haven't really been overexposed to a certain degree. So if you put me out there, I'll impress you and you won't have any idea where I came from or who I am. And there's not a lot of guys like that anymore. People are getting exposure at, you know, 16, 17. There are people who are, you know, big names on the independents who are still in high school. So, I mean, you know, there's not a lot of guys quite like me from my era anymore. So, you know, for me, it's just a matter of, of still knocking on doors and, and seeing who's going to uh, open. And then for Lainey, you know, it's, it's, been my stated goal to get her where she belongs because i mean she's got the ability of anyone that you see on tv anybody that's going to be on wrestlemania anybody that's going to be on a aew pay-per-view impact anywhere she's as good as any of them so i think uh, for her it's just getting what she deserves and then you know for me it's just sort of whatever comes along but either way i know we're not going to uh blow the chances that we get because you know we're, we're just too good for that Sure. Yeah. And I mean, you've mentioned a lot of potential options here and the, the truth is there are more options uh, perhaps than there have been in some time uh, to get this vi visibility. There are these things like the collective just on the independent circuit alone that'll get new eyes on both of you. Um, and it's interesting that you mentioned doing this together because there's this whole new level of wrestling couples and actually making that part of the uh what's being offered really i mean you have right now top promotion uh top feud in two promotions arguably with impact and the nwa is going to be the cardonas against mickey james and nick aldis on the independent circuit you have the kirks are running the the couples invitational in atlantic city later this year there's so much opportunity there to even just mix it up with other couples. Is that something beyond this match with pretty proper that the two of you think you want to do more of? Yeah, it really is. Um, Cause there's, there's something there. Like I know the Kirks are, are putting together their show and like you said, other bigger companies are kind of tapping into those waters, but it's like, I don't, I don't know what the, the end game is for it. I don't know if it's like a tournament of some kind or just more, 
you know, shows featuring big matches like that, but like, there are just so many prominent couples right now, you know, more than I can think of at any point in, in my career. And there's the ability for everybody to go everywhere now, you know, it's not like, you know, Oh, there's a, a nice couple from NWA, but they're contractually obligated to NWA. So they can't go anywhere else. Like, no, everybody can pretty much go everywhere now. And so, so yeah, there's, there's definitely something there. Um, I've made the pitch on online and, you know, in the places where I have any kind of influence, I'm trying to get that in the promoters heads. Like, you know, cause it's, it's also kind of general interest, not even just like pro wrestling, you know, it's something that I think you can bring a casual person to and tell them, Oh, oh these guys are married and these guys are engaged and they're going to fight. And that's just kind of cool. Like, Oh, okay. It's, it's two couples fighting and you get to see, you know, what this couple's about, what that couple's about. And, uh, you know, there's, there's the male side, the female side, it's all, it's all very sort of, uh, it's, it's generally interesting and not just kind of a, a pro wrestling tough guy versus tough guy thing. Like there's a lot of layers yeah. to it that I think can interest, you know, a lot of people. So yeah, I think there's, there's definitely something there. It's just a matter of finding out how to tap into it. Yeah. And I, I think it's about doing it where it makes sense too. And actually I know Kaya in the past, we've talked, I think maybe even the first time we talked on Twitter, what it was about, like. Mm-hmm. PWI would mention this person and this person are dating in uh, the 500 bios. And sometimes it's a little gratuitous to do that kind of stuff. Like, okay, it's not really relevant that these people are together, but when people are part of an angle together and that's what you're doing together in a promotion and you're the top heels or you're the top faces and you're, or you're competing against this other uh, tag team, whether or not they're a couple, I think there's some interesting opportunities to, as you said, draw in casual viewers with that, which is, which is really important. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, as you stated, I don't know exactly what the end goal is beyond some of these events, but if it's a, a good way to get people out there and to get everybody making more money, I, I've got to think that's a positive thing. I was gonna say, I just, I love the idea of, I don't like when it's mentioned and it's like, oh, and by the way, it's so-and-so's partner. Okay, cool. But when it's relevant to an accomplishment that the team or the partnership or the couple has accomplished together, it's something that they've done together in wrestling. I think that is absolutely worth stating. And I think that's hundred percent is with this. Guy. Yeah. Totally right. Like when you mentioned that it was, it was gratuitous. It's like, by the way, like we were adding, like, <laughs> a thing. we would add like this person is, the same way you would add in somebody's uh, played uh, college football or something. And it's like, okay, well, th- that's an actual accomplishment. But if they're not putting this other stuff out there or it's just on their Instagram somewhere, uh, whereas doing it in this more meaningful way is is a really cool thing. And so that's th- that's Absolutely. not to have called you out there, Kaya, but like there is that point of view. <laughs> it, is, it is valid. Um, but anyway, let's, uh, you know, we, our guest is busy. We want to let him go and, and get off to what he has to get off too, but preparing kind of, for Dallas, I would yeah. imagine. And then what lies ahead among other things. It's not like he's, it's yeah. not like uh, GPA has not been wrestling this entire time leading up to it. Um, we want to give him a chance to plug anything that he wants to plug, but Kaya, before we do that, do you have any other questions for our guests? No, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on today to speak with us at PWI and clear the air, get out some of your grievances and give us a little bit of insight into this upcoming match that I am personally very excited to see this upcoming weekend. Yeah. And it's, it's cool from my perspective too, because, you know, I can go out there and have all the good matches in the world. I could wrestle Monday through Friday and have five-star matches every time. But if people don't know, and if people aren't aware of what I'm doing or who I am, 
it only is going to take me so far. So it's it's really things like this and platforms like this that help people like me sort of take that one extra step that uh, we weren't able to take any other way. So yeah, I mean, you know, though my grudge uh, still exists with PWI and will probably persist for uh, we'll say years to come. Uh, there is value in, in opportunities like this. So you know, yeah, it's it's been it's been fun uh, for me as well, begrudgingly. Well, we appreciate you doing this. And is there anything specific, social media projects, otherwise that you would like to plug before we let you go? Um, and not so much projects, but just uh, the the companies that I'm I'm working for. Uh, you know, obviously freelance wrestling, the most prominent one. Um, they have a sister promotion, Freelance Underground, that I was the the champion of for I mean almost two years, pandemic related. But um, it, it's a, it's a really really fun company. It's one thing, something if you if you enjoy sort of the 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 pomp and circumstance of freelance there's a lot for you at underground too it's kind of a stripped down version where the action is every bit as exciting as what you'll see on freelance but it's giving a showcase to guys that aren't maybe don't get the time or opportunities that you would get on freelance uh like the proper show um guys like the bang bros and and just uh, you know uh, don't google them by the way but uh just guys like that that are you know on the come up who i think are going to be really really big stars over the next five years like that's where they're really getting their feet wet and figuring out who they are and what they're about so underground is a product it's available on iwtv all the all the places that you can get your professional wrestling underground their whole library is there dating back years and years and they've had big names come through there i mean you know everybody from ali and and uh you know, DJ Z and all kinds of guys all through the years. Um, a lot of people have stepped through the doors of underground. Um, and then Zello Pro, you know, it's 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 a company that's been around for about four or five years now. And it's one of those that just almost like, it's funny, it's almost like me in a way where as, as long as people see it, they're going to enjoy what they see, but it's just a matter of getting people to see it because they've got, they've got a budget, they've got the presentation, you know, they've got the connections, they've got... Um, just a lot of potential, but I think the eyes are what they're missing. And so, you know, I'm hoping uh, that with this upcoming show here in Dallas, that people sample the product and get an idea like, oh, okay, you know, they've got the, the big flashy names, the ones that people want to see, but they've also got these other talents, maybe they haven't heard of before, but who are hel- uh, holding their own with these major talents and um, everything from the presentation and the production values. Like it's all very, very, it's all right there. They just need people to actually start looking at what they're doing. Um, and yeah, so I, I know uh, being in Dallas will be fun because I've actually started to uh, kind of establish myself down in the Texas area a bit um, over the past couple of years. Uh, there's a company called Sabotage Wrestling, which is primarily women's wrestling, but they do incorporate guys as well. So they do intergender, and uh, but it's a, a female-focused promotion. Uh, they took a bit of a hiatus, obviously pandemic-related, but They'll be back uh, starting this summer. Um, Lucha Brutal, Heavy Metal Wrestling. There's a lot of really good stuff down in Texas, uh, New Texas. And obviously Mission Pro is sort of the, the standard down there. But um, yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of good stuff out there. And a lot of it will be featured uh, WrestleMania weekend. And and yeah, it's, uh, it's an exciting time. It's nice to be kind of getting back into the routine of things. You know, the world's not, not quite as scary as it was a year ago this time. We're kind of getting back in the swing of things. but um, but yeah, and otherwise, you know, if you want to follow me or keep up with what I'm doing, uh, Instagram is GPAIG, uh, Twitter is GPA Thinks, and 
yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time. We'll see uh, what the future holds, but in the immediate future, uh, going to get pretty proper some uh, problems next week. Sounds good. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, speaking of passion and having just passionate guests, you can definitely tell GPA is another very passionate individual in the world of independent professional wrestling. Um, it's just that he's thinking of wrestling on this, this different plane. Like he's dissecting everything. He's finessing everything. He's absorbing everything. Like he was speaking about how he'd sit and read the PWI wrestling almanacs and just absorb all of this information and, and data of years and years and, and just this constant strive to be the best at what you do. It really is like the uh, hashtag wrestling madness to an extent, right? The madness of wanting to be so consumed in what you do and do it as best as humanly possible. Um, it was really great. It actually inspired me, you know, as someone who's recovering from an injury to hear someone speak that passionately and to be that invested, it kind of rekindles your own fire. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very inspirational. And I like that comparison you made, even though I, I wasn't familiar with it, that skateboarder or uh, that like phrase for, for that. But I love the idea of just like diving headfirst into something. It's and off. just getting so hung up on it and like not quitting until it's how you want it to be. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think people in and out of wrestling in any they were, or working in capacity, any capacity around wrestling could learn a lot from that. Um, Going to want to wrap up here, but as usual, before uh, we do, you're heading off to Dallas this weekend. Anything yes. you want to plug, tell people where to find you on social media. Um, just Please. the usual. I'm on the Twitter machine. I'm on Instagram at Kaya MCK. I do have the Good Witch Patreon where I now do monthly spell kits. I was only doing them quarterly, but they went over so great. I decided to do them monthly. Um, so if you would like spell kits, please sign up. It's really fun. There's other perks too, but I think that's like the coolest little perk because it's not like merch you can't get anywhere else. That was it's really fun. cool. I like that too. It's, it's something tangible. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, go to pwi-online.com for all things Pro Wrestling Illustrated. We have a new issue available for pre-order with Becky Lynch on the cover. There's some cool indie stuff in there. There's some uh, nice uh, independent photos, a Battle of Los Angeles photos, actually, are in the Arena Report section from Mikey Nolan and Jessica Torres. There's Terminus coverage, lots of other cool stuff. So... I think we'll be on our way, but what do you think, Kyanex? Do we uh, go maybe overseas again? I'm thinking some more international travel would be pretty sweet. Uh, we had a great time with our UK guests, and maybe we could uh, swing on over to Japan, just head the total opposite direction. That sounds awesome to me. Let's get to work on that. All right. All right.